Welcome to the Woes Podcast. I'm your co-host, Gabriel. And I'm Matt. All right, Matt, how are you doing on this glorious Sunday? Doing well. It's my dad's birthday today, and we are ready to release this podcast episode, which is great. What are you doing for your dad's birthday? Um, well, after we get off this call, we're... Me and my mom are gonna go pick up some dim sum. So my dad is Cantonese. We found out that one of the stores that has pretty good authentic dim sum is open. So we're gonna go try to pick it up. I uh, feel like a lot of our listeners might not know what dim sum is because I was once an ignorant white man who didn't know what dim sum was. And as the ignorant white man, I think it's my job to explain somebody else's culture. So I got. Wait, so this. Who, who introduced you to dim sum? Uh, it was this crazy guy who was like, "Hey, you want to get lunch?" I'm like, "Man, I'm bad at saying no to things." Yeah. <laughs> no, it was my good friend Matt over here. <laughs> Actually, let's see if you can explain to people what dim sum exactly is. Okay, so I'm assuming people know what tapas is. The tapas is small plates and a shared meal. So it's sort of like you go to a restaurant and have a Thanksgiving type environment where you all share from the same plates. Dim sum would be the Cantonese, right? Cantonese. Oh, I'm so good. Would be the Cantonese um, version of tapas. So we had this, um, the best was the pork bun after looking back on it. It was like this sweet bread wrapped around this savory pork. Oh, I think about that dish a lot, actually. Oh, okay. It, it just imagine adding a wild, like, Chinatown loud vibe restaurant into the mix. So I've heard you speak a Chinese language before. Is that not Cantonese? Uh, maybe. I mean, okay, so I, I only know a couple words in Cantonese. I was not the greatest son for my dad. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> so my mom's from Taiwan. My dad's mm-hmm. from Hong Kong. My dad and mom both speak Mandarin. My mom also speaks Taiwanese and my dad speaks Cantonese. My mom actually learned Cantonese to talk to my grandpa, my dad's side. Props to her. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, so I speak Mandarin uh, to an extent. Okay. So in English, accent is everything, right? Like I can say... Um, did you do the dishes? And that's interrogative. And then it's, did you do the dishes? That's suspicious. <laughs> and then it's, did you do the dishes? And that's sarcastic. And that's the same sentence three times. Does Mandarin have that problem? Like, are acts, do accents make up all the difference in the meaning? Or I guess I should so, say in fluctuation, pronunciation, not quite accent. So there are four tones in Chinese Mandarin. So, you know, English is two. Mm-hmm. In Chinese, there's four tones for any character. You know how there's a big character for each word? Mm-hmm. So that sound that you make for the word in Chinese, there's four tones. And then in Cantonese, I think there's six tones. And so a good example of this, there's actually a, a bunch of Chinese puns. For example, for all my Taiwanese friends out there. Shout out to Bonnie. The the, the president's name is Tai Ingwen, which sounds exactly the same as guest English. So Tai is guest. And Ingwen is legit English. So when you put their name together, it's Tai Ingwen is the president. But it sounds the same as guess English, right? That's funny. So you can mess around with a lot of these puns. And uh, that's the first one I can think on the top of my head. Yeah, Chinese is rough. Uh, it was my first language. I didn't speak English till I was like three or four years old. So my tone is decent, but my vocabulary kind of sucks. And, and sometimes my accent shows that I'm American. Uh, so... <laughs> The crazy thing, though, is that our predominantly Asian church that we both go to, because I am the second generation, all I have to do is say a little Chinese and I'll just get immediate wows from parents. They're just so the happy you're keeping the language alive in the States. Yeah. It's like I'll, I'll, I'll walk into a room. My mom's there. I'm like, hey, mom. And I'll say something in Chinese. And she, and then her friends will be like, wow, like, ah, oh, your Chinese is so good. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and then my friends that are like who speak a lot of Mandarin, they can call it out too. They're like, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying. It's good to know though. Yeah, I speak enough Spanish to get by in conversation, and like anytime I speak Spanish to like native Spanish speakers, they just they love that. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I'm like, really? I just botched my way through language, but I, I appreciate the the clout. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. How... No cap. No cap. I'm using More that shadowing. all the time now. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I was wondering if you had any memories or any thoughts from a week and a half ago about this episode. I told you before we started the interview, I had like very high hopes already. Or I already knew that they were gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And then after we got off the calls, like they, they definitely still rose above the high expectation that I set. Yeah, same. Honestly, they were they were wonderful guests. Um, especially these girls had a their their takes were really good and they were fairly unique, but I liked that they were also just total goofballs the whole time. And it was it was nice to just vibe, you know. Two of them are very good friends, so we had that vibe going between them. They're very pop culture savvy. Yeah, definitely. I met them both through serving at church as a VBS and youth group counselor. I've always seen that creative side of them. Hannah has acted and portrayed some crazy Bible characters um, on the stories team, playing people like I think Abraham or Moses. Abraham. One of, those, one of the patriarchs. She, she's able to be very confident with doing something kind of goofy like that, but then she can immediately be serious and be very mature about things like faith and things like, you know, human life issues. Yeah. She changed gears so seamlessly too. It was weird. Like you she... can see, yeah, we were, ed- I was editing. You can see, you can hear her tone change in mm-hmm. a snap. She's goofing around and then she all uh, uh, quickly changes in tone when we're talking about the recent opening about how the economy closing has affected a lot of people and she immediately changed her tones to a somber one i'm like dang okay i was like okay. all right wow yeah and then rachel is just she's just we want to do more content with both of them um Absolutely. featuring rachel's crazy topics like she studies this random stuff like tiktok dishwashers i love that dishwashers like, hilarious she says she has just a random topics that she likes to look up and study and Good like, her, bring her on and we'll talk about those rachel so. reminds me of the way my mom wanted me to be when i was growing up what i would ask these questions i'd be like mom so why do you blah 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 happen she's like you should write a research report on it and i was like guess i won't know and rachel would be like maybe you should read my research report <laughs> and learn something sounds just like her that hopefully we hype up enough All right, well, we've got a great episode coming up for you guys. Hope you enjoy. Yep, here we go. Welcome to the third episode of the Woes Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Gabriel. And today we have two great guests again. We have Rachel. Can you say hi real quick? Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm a freshman at Wellesley. Um, I don't know what else to say, but it's okay. <laughs> what are you studying? Matt mentioned it was something in art, but... Oh, yeah. So we have this major at Wellesley called MAS, Media, Arts, and Science. And it's basically okay. like a double major between CS and art. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, it, you know, gets me a little bit of art while also pleasing my Asian mother. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our second guest is Hannah. She is a senior um, in high school and also goes to the same high school as our guest last episode, Dorothy. Um, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, um, I'm Hannah. I'm a senior in high school. Where have I heard that before? Uh, every week. I also know that Rachel and Hannah are very close friends just um, from my experience with them and uh, as a counselor 
at church. So can you guys share a little bit about how you guys are friends and your relationship so the audience can know how close you are? I don't even know where to start. So Hannah is one year younger than me, but we were in the same youth group tribe at our church. So we spent like every Friday together mm-hmm. for like the past three, I don't, three years, three years, but three not years? last, like the three years before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Rachel was my caretaker for um, the past three years. Um, and she was like an older sister, like a mentor. Um, I love her so much. Yeah, that's basically it. I love Hannah so much. She's like my younger sister and I like, I'm so proud of her every single day. I brag about her. I love you so much, Rachel. I love you too, Hannah. Matt, why don't you talk about me like that? (laughs) Gross. Uh, (laughs) I remember being like a part of our church Christmas celebration thing and i remember hannah was on the choir on stage i was in like the orchestra pit playing guitar and then rachel was like observing during practice and they were doing some ridiculous hand motions. yeah and i was like what am i looking at right now? this is kind of weird <laughs> actually that was that that experience is what kind of made me think of pairing you two for today's podcast but ah. now i know you guys are from the same small group so there's even way further back um, yeah layers so our, the way we start this podcast always is to catch up with our guests and to get to know what's your situation. Um, to start, I want to ask Rachel. So you're at school at Wellesley or not at school. Um, so uh, you just told us before we start recording that you finished your two final exams. So how does it feel to finish? Uh, maybe share a little bit about that. Um, is there anything that you feel like you're missing out on, etc.? Wow. Um, so this week is LDOC. It's last week of classes. It's a whole thing. Um, and usually on campus, it's kind of a big deal because you kind of have a couple of free days during reading period to, you know, be chill before you actually take your finals reading period. But it's it was just really weird because I had gone into class, my Zoom class, thinking, oh, just another week. And then at the end of it, my professor was like, thank you guys for being such great students and, you know, adapting so well. And I was like, wait, what? And then he's like, so this is our last day of classes. I just want to thank you guys so much. I'm like, it's the last day of classes. Excuse me. And I had just like didn't even realize that time had passed so quickly and that my first year of college was ending and it was it filled me with such an empty feeling because I was like wait it's ending but it doesn't feel like it's ending it just right. you know like I still expect to do my assignments next week and the week after because that's just what my life was like and now it's not like that anymore and it's summer and I should be excited but I'm not because I'm like wait time is passing <laughs> and I don't feel it yeah well other than that it's great (laughs) (laughs) no it's such a surreal experience when you that the end of that first year in college because it's such a stark contrast and then you're supposed to just reset right back to that life you were living beforehand so it's such a big step and then uh recorrecting right back to the former lifestyle is so different having missed these last couple of months of school being in person do you feel like it's stunted maybe growing friendships at school yeah were you still able to build a community even with the shorter um on-campus experience yeah so i feel like i had i did i was able to have a lot of um great experiences with different people and when i left wellesley the first the, the couple of days in between the announcement and the day we had to leave i think everyone realized that we weren't able to have the time that we were supposed to have 
and made plans to continue our friendship, if that made sense. Which was really nice because I actually ended up calling a friend of mine every Tuesday and Thursday for the past like six weeks. And we're really good friends before and now I think like she's one of my closest friends in college. Um, and I think what's one really great thing about Wellesley is that our classes are really small so I did get to know people beforehand and after this whole thing and now that we're all separated classes are the only things that are keeping all of us together um, and being able to be in a small class and still be able to bond like we have our own like snapchat groups or like you know email chains mm -hmm. I think I as much as I don't think I'm meeting new people I'm definitely growing friendships that I had started before and that people were also interested in and you know just continuing to grow those. That's nice to hear actually. I didn't think about that because for me and Gabriel we were not in a school setting anymore so it's been from at least in my experience it's been a struggle a little bit because everyone has work quote unquote and Work doesn't have the environment of collaborative learning. <laughs> no. So we don't have Snapchat groups to catch up. Um, instead, we have management tools to do our work. <laughs> and then so our friends at church, we have to put effort into going to small groups or going whatnot. And so it's nice to hear that like the education experience is actually pretty positive. My freshman dorm community started a reunion chat every Wednesday, every week on Wednesday. And that's been really cool Aww. to catch up with them too. So that's awesome. there's a little silver lining there. Gabriel, did you have any questions about Wellesley? You said oh you, yeah, you might I have do. Some, so right? what's it like at the all girls school? Everybody talks about it, but I will say that like, it's different in a way where it's like, obviously it's different from a co-ed school, mm -hmm. the environment wise, but when you're there, it's not the first thing that you think about. Like I constantly forget I'm in an all girls school, constantly. Until I see a man on campus and I'm like, who are you? Yeah, whoa, are you who do you belong to? <laughs> like, where's your girlfriend? <laughs> Honestly, it's quite nice. For example, I'll give this an example. Um, for my parent teacher, oh, parent, parent teacher, ugh. So for like parents weekend. <laughs> no, so you know, there's yeah, like yeah, parents, parents weekend, right? Where they like come. Yeah. Mm. But my parents weren't in the country then. Um, they had gone with our church to Israel. So instead, my brother came with his girlfriend and Brittany, um, my actual previous caretaker. So they had all come to Wellesley to be my parents for the weekend. Um, and my brother was just looking around and going like, oh, that's such a cool swing set. Like, why don't we ever have swing set? And his girlfriend fully goes on and says, well, like, if this was at our college because they went to the same college mm. bc like it probably get peed on <laughs> <laughs> that Never. is why co-ed schools are crazy and Wellesley is just like such a wholesome school people genuinely care about each other i think it's great it's calm that's you awesome. don't feel like you're in danger ever yeah. i walk alone oh i a small asian woman <laughs> walk along the paths without feeling like i'm in danger i don't even look behind me awesome. it's crazy it must be nice i figured it was like a really good appeal of that school but i never really understood why it was such an appeal then i remembered men are terrible <laughs> definitely like peeing on things like i know more of my male friends that would do that than wouldn't and that is unfortunate oh no it was the only all-girls school on my list of schools I wanted to go to. And it was definitely a con. But now, I think I can argue it as a pro. Yeah. So, 
That's good. Good perspective. So I have one more question. Hypothetically, lots of people meet their significant others and their um, spouses in college. If you were to meet a man, where would he come from? So this is a great question. Yeah, what's the dating pool um, for Wellesley? There, there's a saying that Wellesley girls date Harvard men, and then Harvard women date MIT men, and then MIT women don't exist. Are screwed. <laughs> but like for Jesus. real, there's just so many schools in Boston. Yeah, that's true. Um, and we are the only all women school, so honestly, we get the pick of the crop. Yeah, that's to say priority seating. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> In short, Harvard. That's the that's the stereotype, yeah. but we also cross register with MIT a lot, mm. and usually people like MIT frat parties better. So we do have a lot of Wellesley MIT couples. You guys have pet names that's for those awesome. couples, like yeah. like um, intercollegiate couples or no? Like, is there a name for Harvard and a, yeah, maybe? Mesleys? I don't think so. At least I haven't heard of any, okay. but I will get back to you if I <laughs> find out. We'll do a Where Are They Now episode. I mean, if you can tell us we, where you found We would love to, if <laughs> we would love to go on with yeah. this. Like, and from the first episode, we were like, we want to get Sam and Seth and Patrick back eventually in different scenarios anyway. Okay, Hannah, your turn. Um, our last episode, we talked to Peter and Dorothy, and that was one month ago. And at that point, there was still a lot of uncertainty about what would happen in high school. And so mm -hmm. I, I believe it was a few days ago, our governor in Jersey has declared like no more school for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So how do you feel about that now? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The first I heard the news, I was like really disappointed about it. But I guess I wasn't really optimistic about going back to school either way. It just like didn't seem likely that we would be. Um, I don't know, I, I still wanted to have that like quote unquote second semester senior experience where you like cut mm -hmm. class with your friends and like do really dumb stuff, but you're in school and you get to see your friends. Um, and I guess that's like an experience class of 2020 will be missing out on. Um, but then I was talking to Dorothy after we heard the news um, and we were like, it's actually not that bad because the more that we kind of like stay in isolation, the more likely it is that we at least get to enjoy a portion of our summer. So like, yes, we might not be able to go back to school, but like because of the fact that we won't be going outside and interacting with people a lot, we might be able to like win back a few weeks of summer. And I guess that's what's like keeping me going right now. Um, so we made a bucket list of things we're going to do after quarantine is over. Um, and we're just hoping that we have enough time to do that. Can't yeah. imagine a bucket list about naming some things on it. Okay, so um, we wanted to go to Philly and we wanted to go dancing in the rain. Um, we were going to go to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. Whoa, don't get too crazy now. <laughs> right? I guess like like watching a lot of TikToks, there's like these really aesthetic lives. And we were like, we have to go like driving on the highway at 5 a.m. Like the top down and like for stick your head up for the aesthetic for like the thrill of being alive you know oh yeah and other people it's... knowing you're experiencing the thrill of being alive exactly. is important to that as well yes exactly so um i don't know our bucket list isn't like extravagant but it's like it'll it's, like, get there Wait till it, will. Sits in. it will 
because we don't have prom now so my friends are like oh we should put on our prom dresses with our friends and like get suited up and like dolled up and go to mcdonald's and then afterwards we'll go to a church that'd be awesome how parties yeah. are especially mm -hmm. like high school parties but how parties are <laughs> i don't know what, what you could be referring yeah. to can I you don't, say I the don't word know. can you say the word church real quick Church. <laughs> All right, I'll edit that into the word party. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. An obvious overlay. And you know, after church. McDonald's, we go to church. church. <laughs> yes, yes uh -huh. exactly. You know how church, church is. Right. is. I, think I just wore my prom dress to church. Um, your, your APs are next week, right? Yes, they are. Um, I'm only taking three this year because I didn't want to, like, put too much on my plate i'm kind of regretting it because i'm like the college that i'm going to accepts a lot of ap credits but i think it'll be fine yeah i'm taking three this year they're all online I'm really stressed out for a second because the website was telling us like the physics exam was still three hours and i was like i'm not doing a three-hour exam on the computer um and then and then everyone was like no like they can't do that it's 45 minutes and i was like then why does the website say three hours and our teacher so is saying it's three hours but the other teacher was like saying nothing about it um it was really stressful and now i'm just hoping that it's 45 minutes i would expect like the physics that is such a gap to, like understand time yeah Jeez. we hope that's rough <laughs> we're gonna have to ask another high schooler how it actually ends up being yeah because yeah. It should be easier this year, but you know, you never know how it works out. Yeah. Everyone has to make a college decision by May first, right? First. So yep, May first. Obviously, made your decision. Decision. Um, yes. Do you feel like the decision's still like kind of weird because you don't know? What to, you know, are you? What are you anticipating with your college freshman year now? I guess my only hope is that I'm on campus freshman year, but like we really don't know. Um, my college hasn't said anything yet. They're like, we're still in the middle of deciding. Um, so I don't know if freshman year is going to be like still online or, is, or if it's going to be like a mixture of like online learning and on campus. Some people said that they were going to like try to get freshmen on campus first and like have the upperclassmen stay home to like try to give the freshmen that experience. But I don't know as of right now. So I'm kind of just hoping like, I get to spend part of freshman year on campus, at least. First few weeks of freshman year is really important. How <laughs> surreal is that conversation? Like, I really hope I get to be on campus for freshman year. Right? So, so out there. Uh. This episode is brought to you by Wow from Rachel. Wow. Wow. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, wait, okay. Mm. Wow. Okay. Wow. 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 Really? Really? I, wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Excuse me? Am I just supposed to react to that? So, Rachel Hannah, I know that you both have one older brother. So, Rachel, you're in college now. Your old brother's working, right, in the city. Is he home? Yes, he okay. is, which so, is kind of awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, you guys are close. Yeah, well, we weren't exactly close, close, but we knew we cared about each other mm -hmm. in a weird like, sibling fashion. But now we're like kind of friends, which is really crazy. Yeah. Yay! And then Hannah, you have an older brother in college, yes. also in Boston. And Boston? I'm, what? Sorry, I assumed Yale was in college. <laughs> <laughs> no, if Yale was near Harvard, gosh, that, that would, would just be chaos. Imagine. I don't know. All the IVs were never in my picture, so I just don't know anything about it. <laughs> so, okay, your brother's 
I'm guessing he's home too, right? Because yes. college, there's no way. So, um, yeah. Well, Rich shared about Dan a little bit. Are you hanging out with him too? Or are you guys getting along, being at home together? Um. Well, let's see. He's been home for like 60 days now because it's been like a little over 50 days in quarantine. Um, and like when he first came home, I was just so... I love my brother very dearly and he's a, he's his room is across the hall from mine so he can probably hear this but whenever he comes home I, I find comfort in the fact that like he leaves within like a month because I love him so much but we share a bathroom and like we can't agree on like the, the way the bathroom is supposed to be because I always leave the door open so it like airs out mm-hmm. so there's like air circulation Courtesy. in the house and he he closes the door so whenever i open the door to go back in it like there's not very good like circulation in our bathroom so it kind of smells like like moldy water and i'm always like daniel please leave the door open and he's like i will and then the door is closed so we can never like agree it's like small things that like build up but um we've (laughs) it's been good having him home um because like I guess when we were younger, my brother's always been really nice to me, but like as we got older, I started to feel like it was like like nice in the polite way that your friend's older brother treats you, like in the kind of like a distanced polite way. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to like build a closer relationship, like like a normal sibling relationship with him. But he's still very nice to me, and I appreciate that. And I love him very much. I just, I wish he could open the bathroom door when <laughs> we're not using it. I will say that, like, it's good having everyone home, um, because even when we are all home together, we usually don't get to, like, eat together because our schedules are so different. But now, like, I don't have to go to dance anymore because of the coronavirus. So we, we get to, like, sit down and have meals together, which is nice. This is, like, the most time we've spent together in a long, long time. That's awesome. That's one. Of, that's been one of the coolest things about COVID. I mean, like it's a terrible, terrible thing, but a silver lining is a lot of families are getting very close. Like I know mine yeah. has grown a ton. And it's nice to see. Get everyone aware that you are now in a house that doesn't have enough room for everyone in the house, right? Yeah. So my sister was quarantining with two of her friends. My brother was quarantining with his girlfriend. So there's ten of us in here. Oh, wow. My family's already a family of seven. And then our well, the pump broke yesterday. <laughs> Because I'm staying with them in North Carolina. I live in Jersey City. And we have not had water f- for a day. And it's been miserable. But we are very close. So it's good. Me too. Me and my parents are definitely getting along very well right now. I've kind of gotten to a groove. Um, just being able to eat lunch and dinner more often together. Um, moving on, we're going to go into another question we ask every time. Just uh, to ask you guys how your spiritual life has been going. We just want to dig a little bit deeper and see where you guys are at with more meaningful parts of life. Just uh, what's your spiritual situation, whether it's distant or close. We just want to know where you're at with that. But only, you know, share within whatever makes you comfortable. I will go first. Um, I think that, like, not being able to leave the house and everything has given me a lot of time, like, alone to think. And I always, like, really enjoy um, being alone because I tend to use this time to, like, talk to god because i always feel like whenever i'm alone um i prefer talking to god over like friends sometimes um so i've like used this time to think a lot um and i have started using my prayer journal again i call it a prayer journal but i kind of like sometimes i write prayers um recently i was doing this devotional um 
um, and there were like prompts. Um, one of the prompts was like write down the three biggest lies you believe about yourself, and then like write down Bible verses to counter that. And I was like, this is a good time to get back into my like quote unquote prayer journal. So I've been like journaling out a lot more. So I think that this time has given me um, the opportunity to spend more time like with God. So I think it's been pretty good for me. Although it has been like fluctuating, especially with my like motivation to do work. Mm -hmm. um, and like, so it's it's been up and down, but I think overall it has been good for our relationship, which I'm really happy about. That's great. Yeah, it's really, really cool that you're able to make the most out of this time. Mm -hmm. Caretaker Rachel, can you one up that? Spirituality <laughs> <laughs> is a competition. It's not a competition. <laughs> I know. Um, so I still meet up with my um, my small group from college every Thursday, and um, I and like I do get like these check ins every week, like on Thursdays with my small group, and on Sundays, and I do devos every night. Um, and I think what like quarantine has just really made me realize is like. The things that I miss most about the world um, are some of the things that I, or like, are some of the things that like I value over God sometimes, or mm -hmm. things that God has put in my heart. It depends on how bad or good the missing is, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. I, that's, what we're, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So I think for me, like being in quarantine and giving me the time to be separated from everything and then like feeling what I want to do and what I want to do outside of quarantine and what I miss has been a really good lesson on like who I am as a person. Um, and like, it's also like, maybe, okay, so we have so much time and I think about my future a lot uh, or like what I'm going to do with this time and like how this time is going to be quote unquote productive. Um, but I realized that, like, as much as I trust God in the long run, I don't really trust him in the short run, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, right. Um, which is something I'm trying to work on right now, on, like, like overcoming fear of worldly things, but also still wanting to make sure that what I desire is also what he desires, if that makes sense. Totally, and yeah. it's like a lot of balancing and a lot of wondering if what I'm doing is right. But I think that's just like, as long as, as at least I have the time in quarantine to like understand who I am, if that makes sense. No, I think it totally makes sense. But it seems like you guys are both doing pretty good. Glad to hear. Trying our best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying. It's the best we can do right now, right? Um, thanks for sharing, you guys. We're going to go to a quick break we're gonna start a new segment after this so keep an ear out for that i'm not good at transition <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by encouraging affirmations from hannah yeah 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 yes right exactly yes exactly exactly yeah yes yeah these are yeah yes they are it it do it do right 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 yeah yeah facts though sometimes my cat's just like so welcome back to our podcast um with our guests rachel and hannah we're going to try a new segment today with our news segment treat yourself or do unto others you're gonna treat yourself i totally hear you um i also don't like what you're saying 
we are situated in the nice country of America, um, <laughs> and with America comes freedom. I'm not sure I like your tone, Matt. Uh, so in America, we believe in a lot of freedoms and you know a lot of do you, right? You know, if you want to own five dogs and two cats, go for it. If you want to stay isolated from all animals, do you, right? <laughs> but I can't believe these are your examples. Yeah, yeah this are... is the lamest version of freedom ever. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> But with our freedoms also at one point, we also live as Christians and we also live as good citizens, right? In both cases. So at, at some point we have to draw the line in terms of what our freedoms may conflict with just being a good citizen, a good neighbor. So I have this news article, um, I want you guys to react to it. A former pet snake mistakenly was released into the wild in Ontario, Canada. It's a corn snake and it's believed to have been a pet that either escaped or was abandoned by its previous owner biologists in Canada said we don't want the reason why we don't want this animal to be in the wild is because there is always a chance that pets of any kind can carry an illness that could be transmitted into our native wildlife so what that never happens <laughs> also like the animal is not native to Canada and would be unlikely to survive a winter in the area so Maybe obviously owning a pet snake is kind of like a right I guess I, as long as you follow animal guidelines. Um, but at, at this point, it obviously is not doing great things to the surrounding wildlife when it was released, right? Do you think there should be limits on what types of pets we can have in America? Are you put into Tiger King right now? Thank you for reading the subtext. Yeah, I could read it pretty well. Um, I think if you're already domesticated, for example, cats or dogs, like those are fine as pets. But I think like, for example, um, if we're gonna take Tiger King again, like taking uh, like lions and tigers that I have only been domesticated for like maybe the past like hundred years or so, and like honestly, like don't really have the domesticated vibes. I feel like that's where my line is drawn. So let me ask you the question. We could say it's moral for us to have these dogs and cats because they exist as domesticated beasts. But at some point there was a transition period if you decide that at some point it was immoral for us to begin domestication of cats and dogs, then you could make an argument that it's immoral for us to continue a domestication of a beast. So we should cease breeding and start to wean ourselves off pets as a society. Do you seek out extinction, Rachel? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I think we can go this on the path of like extinction, like, well, like, should we even help them? I mean, we're destroying their habitat, but like, we'll be human intervening if we try to keep them alive. I personally, it's because like, humans have like a conscience and a lot of animals don't. And I think that especially with like, dogs, for example, um, like I own a dog. And I don't think that he can live in the wild. Yeah, I have four in there. Yeah, um, he, I think that he likes living with us. Like he, whenever we let him out, like without a leash, he runs away, but he always wants to come back. Um, so I just think that there is like a partnership between some animals and humans, but I don't think that it's always been that way. I was gonna say something like along the lines of what Rachel's saying, especially about like animals that have already been domesticated. I have two cats. We got them from like the animal shelter. Um, one of them is really fat and definitely would not be able to survive in the wild. And they're both like, like considerably lazy, I would say. And definitely like my opinion on like the beginning of domestication of like 
wolves and like cats was like for very selfish reasons, right? Like hunters domesticated wolves to protect them. Um, I, I don't know why cats were domesticated, but at this point, if I like release my cats into the wild, like the probability that they get like run over by a car or something, like I live in like a suburban area, I don't think they would be able to survive. Um, like the chipmunks are a lot smarter than my cats. And then I think there are animals that are like not fit to be domesticated or treated as pets. I definitely think that I haven't watched Tiger King, but I like understand the basic premise is this guy like has pet tigers, which is illegal, I think. Um, I don't know. It's unfortunately not illegal. Oh, it is not. No. Okay. Well, I yeah, I well, I don't think you should. I mean, from the perspective of an animal, with without talking about breeding, pets that get treated like kings you know they have wonderful lives they right. worry for nothing and they're living a better life because we've domesticated them and that's hard to dispute but that doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily justify an intervention in nature you know and yeah. it doesn't necessarily give you permission to subdue an entire species and i'm not advocating for any of this but i would think it's ridiculous to say let's all release our pets but you can make a pretty strong yeah. argument that you shouldn't buy pets anywhere but a shelter and let breeders, yeah. pet stores slowly die off and then these breeds will eventually go extinct. It's such a niche because like Hannah was saying, we've created these species for human needs and whether that was wrong or not, to get rid of them would be to eliminate an entire species, you know? Yeah. But Tiger King breeding, I think, is stepping over that line. Yeah, I also think, like, keeping a tiger as a pet, like, depending on the resources that you have, just doesn't seem, like, humane in the same way that SeaWorld is not, mm -hmm. like, humane. Yes. There's, like, a reason why certain species of animals, like, require lots of land and being constantly active. Um, they need lots of space and you can't, like, keep a tiger in a cage that's, like, 40 feet by 40 feet and expect it to not, like, lose its mind in the same way that a lot of animals in SeaWorld have. Yeah, I also think that's, like, another thing about, like, huskies, for example. Like, that's a domestic Yeah, hey, I have to. Yeah, but, like, again, like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, if you live in a desert, like, you don't want to have huskies, yeah. you know? That's true. I was in Norway recently, which is weird. Um, but my mom really wanted to go like dog sledding. So we uh -huh. had so they, we went to this like little dog farm place where they have like dog sleds, like dogs who pull the sleds. But they are they cannot be bred by anybody else because they need to run at least like five k per day. Yeah. Like that's just what they have to do. Mm -hmm. Like otherwise they like go crazy. Right. So, I guess like in some way like well some animals like I guess that's like a little tidbit into like well then should you breed these in, like this dog in places where it doesn't belong I, I'm, I'm obsessed with dolphins since childhood yeah and I'm also obsessed with the team football team because of the animal and a dream of mine growing up was like going to SeaWorld in Florida and going oh. swim with dolphins. And I saw one of my friends do that on Facebook. I think at one point I just researched dolphin cruelty or whatever. And there's definitely an organization and websites out there that really recommend against swimming with dolphins mm -hmm. as a stance against the way they house them, right? It's like my love for the animal is staying away from them. Yeah. Kind of seems like what we're doing now with quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I still really want to go swimming with dolphins someday, but maybe there's a wild encounter one. 
but I think if I really like the dolphins, I should stay away from them in SeaWorld for sure. I don't know. The other part of the question is, even if there is a right and a wrong, you know, and I think we can all agree at some point there is, does anybody get to tell anybody else what we do and don't do with the planet? Like, does the planet um, belong to individuals or does the planet belong to a community? And if it does, are, like, do we have the right to tell somebody, hey, you can't have this as a pet because I don't think that's right? Let's sleep on that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, when you pose it as a question of freedom, like, because there's a question of ethics and there's a question of freedom. Right. And there's a, there's a difference between the two. Yeah, but that's true. I do think we as a community have an obligation to protect our planet. And I think because of that, mm -hmm. we can intervene in other individual freedoms. But there's a strong case to be made that the earth belongs to everyone indiscriminately and they're allowed to do with the earth what they want. My take with the animal thing would be, I would say treat yourself with domesticated animals, right? With uh -huh. things that are not hurting the animal um, and try to keep them in their original habitat or close to it. Um, but do unto others by not, you know, Tiger King, I guess. Right. And yeah. um, SeaWorld. Um, I mean, still have to be careful, right? But I also think that needs to be added on a, a level of um, how do we respond, right, with disagreement right everyone wants to feel like they're a part of a movement against something but i think we need to be realistic on how we do so that does move on to our next article or our next thing so a grim reaper was visiting florida beaches to protest reopening in the state i saw that um a florida man was just dressed up in a costume with holding a scythe and walking around beaches this last weekend. Um, he's a lawyer. He says he wants residents to consider foregoing self-isolation while the coronavirus continues to spread. The lawyer said, people are gonna get hurt and that's what I'm here for. I wish I didn't have to do this, but nobody else is doing it. But then the article later says, the lawyer tweeted a video Sunday showing his encounter with a police officer who said a beachgoer had complained about his costume frightening children. So, <laughs> He says uh, people don't want to get hurt, and yet he's frightening children. Is he there? For, like, is he pro reopen or anti reopen? He okay. does not want it to reopen. Okay. So okay. I saw a picture on the article. He's wearing one of those masks, neoprene masks, or whatever. But uh, it's just a very contradicting article for me. <laughs> you guys can react. I'll just like, go for it. I would just like to say that I love every article that starts with a Florida man. man. A Florida man is the first, like, it's like once upon a time. Thing. So good. Never... They're always hilarious. I will say I personally find it really funny. I read a lot of ethical articles by the New York Times of like, if it's ethical for us to be open knowing that we're going to kill a lot of people. I am lucky enough to say that like a lot of things that worry other people don't worry me. But on the other hand, like I don't want people to die. And I just think that having your doors open, um, if you're not gonna be responsible with that, it's a pretty funny way to say no. He's not attacking people, he's just, just going around. Like, so we're, we're, gonna can, we're gonna use trauma as a tool to combat well, hysteria. I just want to make sure Rachel's willing to sign off on that. That's like no. I taught my kid to swim by throwing him in the ocean. That's, that's how it goes. I would just like to say that like Gen Z humor. Oh, I love Gen Z humor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We it love just it. flips the whole like mental illness on stigma yeah. on its head. It's Gen funny. Yeah. Awesome. It's a good way to cope. I hate millennials, but I'm all about Gen mm -hmm. Z. 
So, like, as much as I see logically how this can be bad, I kind of find it funny. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree with Rachel. Honestly, I think it's really funny. And I, I'm, okay, I know trauma affects people differently. And I'm not saying that children course, will be, like, traumatized. But I, it's like, it's a good movie for he's not doing anything. It's like, they see that on Halloween, too. I don't know. I just, I'm just saying that, like, Personally, I agree with him in his anti-reopening stance. Like, I was listening to it. My parents, like, turn on the news every night now. Um, and there was, like, you you have to be able to, like, bear the weight of 3,000 people dying each day um, if you decide to reopen again. And that's, like, a heavy weight to bear. Um, and there are some people who are, like, adamantly for reopening because, like, they are not making any money and i like respect that but there are people who are protesting because there was like this like either a mayor or governor somewhere in texas who like broke her own stay-at-home laws to go to the hair salon i was like this is selfish behavior Mm -hmm. set an example please like putting people lives in danger um to get your hair done or to like get your hair highlighted is not like this is not priority so I, I agree with Rachel. I think this is, this is, I wouldn't say it's the best way to go about it, but I don't like disagree. I, he's also at the beach though. Like that's a place you don't need to go. Right? Right. He's not like, he's not at some guy's like doctor's office and being like, you should go home. Go home. Yeah. He's at a beach where like, you don't, you legitimately like, don't have to go to the beach. I mean, to clarify, the phase one reopening um, is supposed to be like allowing restaurants and retailers to open at 25% capacity. Um, In Florida, it says bars, salons, and gyms should stay closed for now. Um, And also the article mentions that uh, the man was, uh, again, traveling in beaches in Walton County, Florida, that have reopened ahead of the state's planned May 4th reopening. See, like, he's telling them that they shouldn't be breaking the law. Like Batman, but... I mean, yeah, but He's if the beaches vigilante. are going to reopen in four days, I mean, come on, what kind of difference is four days going to make? If they're getting reopened, they're getting reopened. Hey. Whether you, and whether you agree with that or not, I'm not saying I do. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I'm not I mad think- at someone with the gun. I don't know. My, my big thing about the reopen debate is I don't necessarily care about the position because I think there's a legitimate side to both arguments. Mm-hmm. What I don't mm-hmm. like is a lot of people who are upset about the protesters and we can all agree the protesters at least the ones that get coverage are very negligent and that just works opposite of their point like prove you can be responsible enough but i feel like a lot of people take a reductionist view of the protest and it's like they want haircuts they want um to be able to go out to restaurants but the reality is a lot of these people are losing jobs they're unemployed the government's not coming through because they're incapable of handling the illness let alone the fallout of it and they're desperate to feed their families and whether you agree with them or not and i'm not saying you need to i think people need to understand other people's positions so we don't make monsters out of the people we disagree with yeah so that's that's just been my big complaint with this whole thing is that people are trying to cheapen the other side's position Mm -hmm. my mom was saying like now the question is with like governments deciding whether to reopen or not it's like would you rather die from the virus or die of starvation because you can't feed your family it, mm-hmm. it like definitely Facts. sucks yeah. i think like one thing that's really like weighing on me is just like the fact that we as a country never made plans to help us if that makes sense we always we always put our plans in growing our economy and obviously that's important but we never like made black plans for something like this 
And like what makes me upset is that there's literally people who are my farmers who are throwing out their food that's yeah. perfectly okay while other people are starving. For their schools, for example, like a lot of the food that usually goes from um, like farms to then schools, like those are cut off and they don't really know what to do with their food. And it seems like they should just be able to put that in a food bank, you know? You would think yeah. there would be some kind of infrastructure. And I don't yeah. want to come out on either side of the president, but like Rachel was saying, like we should have done that, but we kind of did do that. Like Obama's administration had things in place that were disbanded. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a pragmatic person when it comes to the economic growth of a country. I think that's the backbone of the good that you can do. But there's no way around the fact that we were negligent and irresponsible, and that needs to be remembered as we get distant, more and more distant from COVID in history. Yeah. Obama was setting up some infrastructure for this, but it was removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Obama had set up two sets of infrastructure to deal with a pandemic outbreak, and Trump um, defunded them largely in 2017. And there's no telling if that actually would have made a difference because we see these European countries with the worst per capita infection than us, and they had infrastructure in place. Like maybe COVID would have just overrun that, but we didn't try and we got to take responsibility for it's that. It's an interesting question to think because Rachel, you're mentioning about how like the, for farmers that were set up to um, provide their crops for like a large school, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like a dining hall or something, like where is that going? It's like, yeah, we have a surplus of food from a location that is closed down, but we have people are like now losing their jobs in the economy. How can we network that food? Yeah. yeah. We don't. We barely know anything about pandemics and things like that. We've never gone through it, and we're all having and forming new opinions. And I just hope, in the wake of all this, we can be gracious, even with the people that were wrong and stuff. You mm-hmm. know, like you look at nine eleven, and there's it's an unprecedented issue. You don't know how your country ought to respond, but we hold those responses over people's heads to this day. Mm-hmm. So I hope that the world can be a little bit more kind because if they're not people are going to stick to being wrong just to not be the bad guy yeah and we'll make no progress i think like it's important not to necessarily just immediately think someone's out of place for disagreeing Mm -hmm. or having a different perspective not to look at them like a grim reaper yep (laughs) (laughs) nice but going back to the original question like i think i hearing your opinions about it makes me think it's kind of funny too um Oh, it's funny for sure. Originally, he, I just thought he was dumb, but that is hilarious. In this situation, do you, man? I barely agree with Florida him, but man. I think it's so yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, man. You're 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 scaring kids, putting that on Twitter. You're walking around <laughs> in the beach. It's hilarious. Do you treat yourself? Whatever. I. It's America. Yeah. <laughs> you're in, you're I think how many people are just gonna get a kick, and how valuable is getting a kick out of something right now? Apparently, yeah. Or trauma. Oh. <laughs> it builds character, all right? Yeah. Yeah. Remember the clowns? That really built. Oh that, my gosh, that was yo, so funny. Like apparently, that the was the best. Up at, in my like high school, when that whole thing was going on, and we were like sitting on the bus, terrified. Wait, please clarify the clown thing. I think it was like 2017. There were like clowns that were going around, like stabbing people and stuff, mm-hmm. and then it became mm-hmm. a whole thing where people would like dress up as clowns to scare people. But like, when a clown shows up on your campus, it's terrifying. I would also like to say, I don't know if you've seen John Mulaney in the sack oh, lunch. Oh, I love John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the sack lunch bunch? It's the one on Netflix where he like talks to kids. Uh, uh-uh, I've not. 
Okay, like so a great show. he talks to kids and then he talks to you, asks them like what their greatest fear is. And there's this one kid who fully was at like a couple of kids who are like clowns. But it's okay. I went to a therapist, but then they tried to scare me and I got really upset. And it was fully like unscripted and it was just like them talking about their fears. And I would just like to say that trauma builds character. It, it, it do, it do. And resilience, you know? Oh, oh, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Okay, so there's a TikTok that I saw and it was like a person who. <laughs> Basically, they're saying like if you don't have childhood trauma, like you're basically like unseasoned, like you don't have character. I, so I would have true. to agree too. I mean, I didn't have the easiest high school experience at certain times, and I think that's really made me the man I am today. So yeah, it makes you such a well-rounded adult, and you learn independence. A for trauma. Yeah. Ground <laughs> music in this episode are created by Hoven, one of my former Cine school students. I will put the link to his SoundCloud in the description of this podcast. Here is a clip of some of his music. We're going to move on to our next segment called Teen Talk. We are both teens. This is correct. From our last episode, too. I went on an article from Business Insider where they have all these teen slang words. So I try to find one that I don't really know about. And I like to ask you guys if it's actually used among your generation. So the word that we have is cap or no cap. Is that a word? Yes. This is very common. Okay, explain. Use it in a sentence. Cap is like, like joking or like exaggeration, right? You would say something, you'd be like, yeah, no cap. As in, like, like, I'm not joking. Yeah, yeah. That's legit. Oh. That makes sense. That does make sense. See, I don't use it, but my friends do. Um, But it's like, for me, it's like just something that other people say, but not something that I say. Wait, uh, would you verify what Hannah said as a definition? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't use it enough to really fully understand what it means. I will be honest. The the Business Insider article uh, uses... Urban Dictionary as their source, oh. and all they say is that to oh. cap is to lie about something when no cap means to tell the truth. Um, and the example they use is what you said is the biggest cap I've heard in a minute. I, I love that they use in a minute because they're trying to sound cool. Like I've heard like, oh, cap or no cap, or like no cap, but I've never oh. heard it use like what you just said, cap, bro. Like I've never heard that. Wait, I have? Really? Oh, that's such cap, bro. I haven't heard that way, but Hannah is certified teen. She's still in high school. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Certified. You are the, the authority here. My follow-up question is how it's where it came from, but Business Insider didn't give me that information. I'm just like, how can I relate more to the youth, Business Insider? Business Insider. <laughs> Business Insider. Yeah. You are the the gateway to the young ones. Right. But that's <laughs> what I'm doing is that I'm using it as a source to make sure that I ask you guys to explain it to me. This is true. I don't I don't know where Cap came from. Now, if I was a church teacher, Sunday school teacher, or counselor, and I were Googling that and then starting to use that language immediately. 
Yeah, we're gonna we're actually gonna work it in later into sentences. You guys are gonna keep us really trendy. And be yeah, nice. Like, yeah. We're He's gonna be on BBS. We're gonna be like, all right, guys, Christ came to love you. No cap. No cap. Yeah. <laughs> you, that actually sounds very very good for BBS. Yeah, there. I even look like a youth pastor with the new buzz cut. Your voice is perfect for that, actually, Gabriel. Right, yeah. Yeah. You call yourself in messenger or whatever because that would be great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm the spokesperson for God. They should name an angel after you. I think they already wow, did. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Like, what is it? The ninth commandment is, thou shalt not give caps. Not cap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thou shalt thou not, not cap. That's like the worst way of executing this information, no, though. Let's just drop the two <laughs> tablets off. Bars. Oh, bars. <laughs> I know what bars means. <laughs> to finish, we're going to just go to our last segment called What's Good. So... If there's anything in your life that's good, it can be a plug for a show or a song that you're listening to or whatever. It can be a story that happened that's cool, like something that happened in your life recently. What's good, Hannah? What's good? I've been finding um, a lot of different ways to like stay connected with my friends. So recently, um, we have this huge Discord with a bunch of my friends in it. So we've been streaming movies every night um, and like sending each other food. So Dorothy like dropped off cookies in my mailbox a few days ago. So I was like, oh, I should also bake cookies and drop them off in everyone's mailbox. So, plus the cookies reminded me of this like Chinese candy that I used to eat on Chinese New Year. So that was really fun. Wow, that's really good. That's a good way to keep in touch. Every day, yeah. that's really impressive. Or like almost every day. <laughs> Rachel, that's good. You know, what's good, what's good is that I have a lot of things to say in this section. I've rewatched American Vandal, which I don't know if you know. You watch American Vandal? Yes. So good. So good. Can I tell you how good that show is? I would like to say that I've recommended it to everybody and everyone who's tried it has loved it. So yeah, I would I rewatched that recently. What else has been good? I guess just making plans for the summer even though I don't really know what those look like. The idea of possibility and opportunity has arose from the ashes of being in despair and depression so i'm having like a moment and i'm enjoying it also the weather the weather is amazing like for the past couple years in high school like you get so caught up in everything that's happening especially during this time of the year where it's like you know ap's and finals and whatever um like i literally just did not ever take the time to go outside or like to watch spring be spring and because of that now that i'm like allowing myself to really enjoy the weather as it comes i feel like a child because the last time i did it was when i was a child so i'm loving the spring weather i like 70 degree weather i think that's my favorite yeah 70 degrees ideal mm -hmm. how about you gabriel what's good um we lost water in the house and got it back so pretty good redemption arc as far as plumbing goes i made a really interesting friend and she and i've been getting along pretty well but uh no that's that's been what's good making a new friend and having water in my home luxury items i know so <laughs> spoiled okay. what about you Matt? Um, what's good what's good in my life right now i started a program called c to 5k so it's couch to 5k and i hate running but i'm not able to play a weekly basketball that i usually do pick up basketball for now over seven weeks misses so much i had to force myself to try something but i hate running and i always have a sense of failure because when you try to start running longer distances you 
for me, it was always like dying at one point, either leg strength or lungs. And so the uh, app that I use, C25K, you can use your own music and then it just gives you sound notifications when to start walking and running. So I don't really have to think about that stuff. So I can just try to do it and then not have to have a lot of brain power and to realize how far I'm running, how much longer do I have to run, whatever. Um, yeah, I know that's it for today's podcast. And it was a very great time. No, that's too cheesy. Uh, so we're not going to tell them that we had a great time with them <laughs> because we don't want to look cheesy. Yeah. Um, Sorry, this, Rachel. Well, anyway, having the two of you on this podcast this week was very, very great. No cap. Yeah, look at that. Nailed it.